please. Amen. Turn with me to Genesis chapter 5. Genesis chapter 5. I'm, I'm sort of excited about this lesson tonight. I got to studying on it, and, and it, got to, it intrigued me a little bit concerning. Uh, I just want, I've just entitled it Going for a Walk. How many enjoys walking? How many, how many of you are out of shape? The other day, uh, Karen and I had the privilege of keeping Ella, in, 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 and we, we had this little stroller at the house. So we got this bright idea. It was nice. It was sunshiny. So we put her in the stroller. We walked from our house, just from our house, right down here, uh, up here uh, across the street over to Sister Becky and Sister Terry's house just to visit and, uh, and we'll walk back home. The next morning, I got up, and my legs was hurting. And I said to myself, you're out of shape. Now, I enjoy walking, I enjoy hiking, I enjoy climbing mountains, all those kind of things, but apparently I hadn't done enough of walking. Dad comes over here to the church every day and he walks around the gym and that back hallway, I don't know how many rounds he makes, but I asked him the other day, I said, how's it going? Are you building up your strength? He said, when I go home, I can't get up. I don't know if I'm helping myself or, hurt, or, or hurting myself, I don't know. But you may, you may have experienced those, those kind of things before, but we want to talk a little bit tonight about going for a walk and also the secret place and look at that. And I'm hoping and praying that will really help us as far as who we are in, in our relationship with Christ. Look with me in Genesis chapter 5. Uh, I've got down verse 22, but I want to start with verse 21. Uh, uh, Genesis chapter 5, verse 21. The Bible says, Enoch lived 65 years and begot Methuselah. After he begot Methuselah, this is what I want you to get, Enoch walked with God. Everybody say, walked with God. He walked with God 300 years and had sons and daughters. All the days of Enoch was 365 years, and Enoch walked with God, and he was not, for God took him. What that scripture literally means he didn't die. God just came down and got him. He walked with God 300 years. I want that to sink in just a little bit. Sometimes we get this mental picture of, of Enoch just having a relationship with God, and he just got up in the morning and said, hey, good morning, God. How's things going? And when he laid his head down to you know, at rest at night, you know, like we do sometimes, we'll say our nighttime prayers or whatever, you know, kneeling or either laying in bed or whatever the case. I, I think there's a whole lot more to it than that. He walked with God. How many knows that God is not only looking for a clinging bride, I want to put, put it in that phrase. But he's also looking for a walking partner to be with him. I believe that. I believe God is looking for a walking partner. From the very beginning, God had a relationship with Adam and Eve that found them, in Genesis 3 and 8, found them walking in the garden, the Bible says, in the cool of the day. I think about that a lot. How, how that must have been with Adam, how God came down to man and he walked with man in the cool of the day. It was refreshing, in other words. It was enjoyable, in other words. How many of you know what I'm talking about? Those, those spring days or those fall days when the temperature is just right. It's not too warm. It's not too cold. I mean, it is just right. And you don't want to go inside. You enjoy being outside. You enjoy being in the air. You enjoy being in the breeze or whatever the case may be. Adam walked with God in the cool of the day. God created man for the enjoyment, I want you to think about this, of a walking relationship that involved companionship. It involved talking or a dialogue. It involved an intimacy. It involved a joint 
decision-making. It, in, it involved a joy of delight and a shared dominion that God came down and, and he walked with man, the place that, that he created for man to habitate. He created that place for man to be there in that Garden of Eden, and he enjoyed that place as well. It was a beautiful place. It was a, it was a place that was enjoyable. I believe with all of my heart, and, and we could talk about this, but I believe that God wants to get us back to that place in the Garden of Eden. That's, that's what he's trying to get us back to, that place where we can come and enjoy the presence of an almighty God when he walks with us in the cool of the day. God longs to walk with you. And that's why his arms of grace many times have, have pulled us to a closer walk with him. That's exactly why when we have services that we come and we pray, and it seems like God just, just supernaturally comes and blesses his people, he really desires to pull us a little closer so that we can walk with him. Don't, don't ever negate that. Don't ever take that for granted. Don't ever disassociate with that presence. Don't ever get too busy. Hello. That we miss the opportunity just to associate and fellowship with God Almighty. Now, as I said, Karen and I, sometimes we go walking. We haven't we started a whole lot of walking this year yet, but we went the other day. And there's times that we'll get out and we're walking and we'll talk about all kinds of things. And I've, and I've got to confess, when we, when we walk, Karen outwalks me. I've got to tell her, slow down. I can't keep up with you, and I'm, you know, my little legs are just going, you know, but, but she's, just, she's just going, and, I'm, and I'm, trying to, I'm trying to catch up, and, and I tell her all the time, I feel like I'm in better shape than you, but you're walking faster than me. I am in better shape, but anyway, there are times when that happens, as I said, we talk about all kinds of things, but the walk this is the way I look at it. That walk not only makes, makes that exercise or that time with each other fun, but it makes it enjoyable as well. We, have a, we develop a friendship more and, and a relationship. But, but here's the thing I want you to know. Jesus went on all kinds of walks with his disciples. And still today he enjoys walking with his people. He enjoys walking with his people. If you're, if you're taking notes, write this down. The secret place that God talks about in the scriptures, that is not the destination. We think it is, but it's not. It's a catalyst to get us to the destination. It's just one of those resting places that, that gets us to that destination that God wants us to be in his presence. It's a catalyst that he uses. It is designed of God to establish us into an intimate relationship with him that is walked all throughout the course of our lives. Every day, you and I have the privilege of getting up and walking with the master, right? We have the privilege of walking with the Master and communing with our Lord. So what does the Bible have to say about the secret place? When you look at the Scriptures, depending on what Bible translation you look at, the term secret place appears several times in the Old and the New Testament. Some translations use the word shelter. Some use the word covering or a dwelling place rather than a secret place. But some use secret place. In the Old Testament, the term secret place comes from the Hebrew word, which is called seether, C-E-T-H-E-R, seether. And it means to hide or to conceal. Now, we live in a day of concealed permits, right? No, well, not permits, but concealed weapons. We, we, we have concealed permits, but, but many times we, we carry concealed. There's some states that even voted that, that you can open carry weapons and all that kind of stuff. So that, so that gives you an idea of what we're talking about here, to hide 
or to conceal. The word used in Psalms 139 and 15 says, My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place or that place that that was in a hiding place or a, or a concealed place. It speaks of a hidden world of a mother's womb as the child begins to develop. But the word also is used in Psalms 32 and 7 when it says, you are my hiding place. In other words, you will protect me from trouble and surround me with the songs of deliverance. That's what it's talking about. The secret place can refer to a physical location. and, And many times it connotates the state of the soul in our relationship. We get to that place in our relationship with God that we're going to meditate on Him. We're going to get to the secret place. In other words, nothing is going to bother me. There's no no phone call. There's no individual. I've set up this secret time, this secret place where I can get alone with God and just talk with Him, just fellowship with Him, just, just be with the Father. Now, now, secret places of the heart, in other words. And, and when Moses, when Moses uh, wanted to see the glory of God, the Lord explained, that, explained that, that no man could see God and live in Exodus chapter 33. And we know in Psalms 27 and 5 says, For in the day of trouble he will conceal me in his tabernacle. He will hide me in his tabernacle. That secret place, that place where, where he'll take me in his tent, so to speak, and hide me. He'll lift me up on a rock, one translation says. The psalmist here is not necessarily referring to this, to this actual tent or this actual tabernacle. He's, he's talking about he's going to hide us from the physical enemies that may come our way. He's speaking of the state of mind, this, this state of peace that we find ourselves that we can get to in our relationship with Christ. And that's what I want you to understand tonight, folks. When we talk about walking with God and going for a walk with God, I'm not talking about necessarily about, about just literally grabbing God by the hand and taking off walking. Although I think you can do that from a spiritual standpoint, I'm talking in the state of mind, the spiritual state that we find ourselves in prayer and in meditation with God that we can get in that secret place with the Lord. He told us, he said, when my glory passes by, he said, I'm going to put you in the cleft of the rock. Remember that scripture? And he said, I'm going to cover you with my hand until I pass by. God here gives us a glimpse into what you and I have got to do to experience the presence of God. And it can only be enjoyed when we find that secret place with God. Say, Pastor, I don't have a clue what you're talking about. I don't, I don't, I have never found that secret place. We've well, got to spend time with Him. You've got to learn to spend more time with God so He can trust you with that secret place. So we can get you to that place where we can begin to speak those truths into your heart. Psalms 91 and 1 says, gives us, gives us the best illustration of the secret place. He says, he that dwells, say that word dwell. What does that mean to you? Do what? Take, take a boat there. Somebody else give me a definition. Huh? To live there. I like this definition, to stay there. <laughs> Just to stay there. He that dwells in the secret place. So that means that I can get out of the secret place, right? He that dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I'm under the opinion that if I find myself even having to go through my daily routine, but I'm still able to abide, hello, or dwell in the secret place, right? No matter what I'm doing. 
I can dwell in the secret place. And when I find myself dwelling there, the day goes better. But when flesh wants to come up, when that, old, when that old devil wants to come up and bother me and rob me of that dwelling place, that secret place, and the more I go there and the longer I stay there, the more easier it is for me to stay and linger in the secret place. Now, guys, don't get mad at me right here, but ladies, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. I just want to draw just a real simple illustration here so we, we, can, we can understand what I'm talking about. Men sometimes has a way of ignoring you ladies. Is that right? Now, what I mean by that is this. The ladies will talk and we'll be so zoned out or zoned in to a television program or zoned in to a whatever we've been thinking about or working on or thinking about whatever that it doesn't matter. It seems like whatever they say, you don't hear them. They can be sitting right next to you. Karen's done me that way. She, she'd be sitting right next to me and talk to me and I'm like, what? What'd you say? And like two or three times, by the third time, she's like, well, you know what? <laughs> I don't know if that's a mechanism. I guess it's just a mechanism God gave us. I don't know. I look at it as a positive thing sometimes. <laughs> Can I get an amen? amen. <laughs> we'll have to have marriage, marriage class in here after service tonight. But, but that's the way we are. Well, when I think about that, God wants us so zoned in with him. Hello. That when the enemy or the voices of the world, when those things that come, those outside forces, tries to take us away from the, from the dwelling place or the secret place, we're not going to allow them to do that. Amen? Because it, it, it's a secret place. He that dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I mean, think about, think about it when you was growing up. Have you ever done this? Have you ever, you remember when you was growing up when you found those secret places? It may have been in a bedroom. It may have been outside, in, uh, inside of a bush, a hedge bush or whatever the case. But you found that secret place that nobody else knew. Now, you've heard me say this before, and I'll just go ahead and tell you, and, and so you can laugh at me again. When I was, when I was little, Dad Mom, we lived, we lived down on the river on the Shakur River, and we lived in a little Jim Walter home, and it, it was off, off the ground. I don't know how it was, two or three block high, but I was able, I was small enough, uh, short enough, and I know some of you thinking, yeah, you still are, Pastor. But anyway, uh, I was short enough that, Greg, I could, I could get up underneath the house, and that was my secret place. That was my, that was my den, so to speak. And so I would go in, inside. That was when Superman was real big. I would go inside, and I'd get my, one of Mom's big towels, and I'd get one of those big, you remember those big safety pins? Mom would, would wrap that towel around me, and she'd put that safety pin, and I became, all of a sudden, Superman. And, and underneath the house, Jeanette, was my secret place. And, and, and my enemy was the cars that was driving by. My mind works really good. And so when there was no car that was coming, I'm flying, man. I, I'm having a time outside playing Superman. But as soon as I saw the car coming... I zooped up underneath that house in my secret place, my rendezvous, my dwelling place, that no car could find me, no enemy could find me. I was safe in the secret place. I'm about to preach to you now. The problem that you and I have when we play Superman or Supergirl, we think we can take on the devil. 
We think we can take on the forces of the enemy. We think we can take on these things, and we don't need a dwelling place. God, I can do it all by myself. Uh Uh-uh. we got to have a secret place. we got to have a place where we can zoop in away from the devil and get away from him and allow God to continue to minister. I mean, you, you enjoyed that secret place, and sometimes you'd even invite your friends to come because they were the only ones that understood it was the secret place that you have come to love and you have come to trust. Think about this. Enoch was the first man, was the first man that God said he walked with. He walked with God. He walked with God. Look, verse 22, after he he begot Methuselah, he walked with God 300 years. That's a long time. 300 years. He had sons. He had daughters. In other words, he he continued living. He'd done his normal thing as a father and a grandfather and all, and great, 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 probably great, 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 great grandfather. I don't know. But he'd done the normal thing. All the days of Enoch was 365 years. And Enoch walked with God. And he was not. He didn't die. He got so close to God that God just took him. And God took him. Now, even though that according to Genesis chapter 4, verse 26, men begin to call upon the name of the Lord early, early in the early days of, of the Scripture that we find. But Enoch was the first man to uncover a true delight in walking with God. Not just a relationship, but walking with God. He found something that even Adam, think about this, he found something that even Adam didn't experience. The first created man. God's creation. This prize vessel. This treasure that he drew in the dirt and he blew the breath of life into. This man that was dirt and soil and mud became a living soul. But, but, but Enoch here found something that even Adam didn't find. He pressed into God until he learned how to commune with God through every facet of life. Well, Pastor, you already know, with the day and time that we live in, we're so busy, we don't have time to be like these guys. They didn't have nothing to do. I mean, the world was new. <laughs> They'd done something for 300 years. They had sons. They had daughters. And you're right, them little babies wanted to eat. They had to do something. It's no different from us today. Can can I say this and you not hate me? We do what we want to do. Right? We do. We do what we want to do. I understand we're busy. I understand there's things that come up. But but the point here is, is that Enoch understood how to press into God and he learned how to commune with God in the everyday things that he had to do in life. And when he found that, that relationship, it required an intense spiritual pursuit. An intense spiritual pursuit for God. And when he found it, the Lord made a graphic statement, I think, by taking him up into heaven and saying, look, ain't nobody ever done this before. Ain't nobody treated me this way before. I'm going to take him. I'm going to make a point out of this dude right here. He walked with me. And by taking Enoch up into glory, God wasn't trying to impress us with, with Enoch's goodness or his piety and all those kind of things. And I don't think God was trying to say, if you, get, if you get to be just as spiritual as Enoch, you'll get taken up into heaven too. I don't think he's going to do that. But it was a unique experience that God used to emphasize this point of walking with me, walking with God, that I feel like we, 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 we can do. It's possible for you and I to simply have a relationship with God that we can walk with God. 
We can trust God, right? We can depend upon God. Everywhere that we go, we can depend upon God. I, I, there was, a, and I'm not going to say who it is, but there was a little lady several years ago that was talking with me. She was a great Christian lady. Um, uh, if I called her name, some of you would know her, some of you wouldn't. But great Christian lady. And we was just talking about the goodness of God, and, and it got, got uh, changed, the conversation got changed about how I was doing and all that. And I, and I made this, this statement about, oh, I, I guess I'm doing okay. You know, I, it, you know, the devil's not really bothering me or something today. You know, just sort of something like that. And boy, she jumped all over me. Because in her mind, look, you're a child of God. You're a child of God, so what do you mean? You're, you're not going to allow the devil. Don't, just don't even, don't even say that. There's, there's power in your words. There's, there's power in your tongue. You are God's child, and if you're God's child, you walk with him, and you talk with him, and, and all these things, and he's going to be there for you. And I said, okay, got it. Yes, ma'am. But, but they, he understood here. Enoch understood. He would, God wasn't trying to, 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 to impress us, in other words. He was just using this. God's point was, I love, and this is what I want you to get. His point was, I love to walk with man. And when I say man, I'm meaning man, ladies, whoever. I love to walk with man. He was the first man to truly walk with me. God said, I decided to highlight this example by, by doing something extraordinary. Isn't it amazing that all throughout scriptures, you find God doing something extraordinary. Every, from the very beginning, created man. He took, he took, he took Enoch. He just took him. He was translated to be with God. Took him up to paradise and talked about the value and the desire of a, of a daily walking relationship with the Lord. You ever thought about how interesting it would be when we get to heaven and we get to talk to Enoch? <laughs> you don't find anywhere else in Scripture about, about Enoch other than this Scripture right here, but I wonder, I wonder, during those 300 years, the things that took place, I wonder about his relationship. How did he develop that kind of relationship with God? Because the Holy, Holy Spirit hadn't come yet. We know that. Jesus hadn't come yet. But how did he develop that kind of relationship with God that he got so close to God that God just, just took him? Enoch's example here continues to witness to every one of us uh, all, all throughout the generations that, that God loves to walk with man. When, when the zeal of God, and, and you, I hope you think this way as I do, when, when, when the zeal of God captures you, gets a hold of you, sometimes it just won't turn you, turn it, turn you loose, will it? When, it? when it gets a hold of you, it'll ignite something of a passion within you. And, and, and I hope you understand what I'm fixing to say. That's why I'm saying that as a child of God, when, when that zeal of God gets a hold of us, the enthusiasm of our relationship with God, it, it should come forth. It should come forth. Today, Keith knows about this. There was a family that we helped that I went and picked up today. It was a man and, and uh, his fiancée, and they had, they had five children. Doorsteps. And they were trying to get to Memphis to get a bus, bus ticket, so I went and picked them up and talked with them a little bit. And this man was talking to me about the God and about relationships with God and and all these things, and some of the struggles that he'd been to. And, and, and as he talked, I learned a little bit that this guy don't have anything. And, and, and I, Caleb was with me, and I told Caleb, I said, how, how does people do that? How do, how, do you, how do you have seven people, five kids, and you don't know where you're going to sleep tonight? How do you manage? And how do you manage to even stay sane? Do you understand what I'm saying? We're blessed tonight, people. We're fortunate tonight. 
But this guy, he, don't, he didn't have a clue what he was going to do tonight. He was just, he was trying to take one day at a time, one step at a time. My next step I'm going to take, I've got to get to Memphis. That's what I've got to do. What are you thinking about tonight? How do you do that? But this guy, he developed something that he was okay. He seemed, he seemed calm about it, I guess. I don't know. Unless he was just a, he was conning me and I didn't know nothing was going on, but I don't think he was. Enoch here developed a relationship with God. And when that zeal of God captures you, it'll ignite a passion within you. Enoch lived 365 years. 365 years. And he had this, he had this growing relationship with God. And, and you can only wonder about the, about the depths of, of his experiences that he had with God. Maybe, maybe Enoch, uh, maybe Enoch uh, longed for a, for, for, for God so deeply that God just, just grew, just grew weary of withholding him. I don't know. I don't know if that's why God took him or not. Maybe God's heart was saying, God, uh, or Enoch, you love me with such a pure heart and such a, a sweet passion. I, I, I just don't want to say no to you no more. I'm just going to come and I'm going to, I'm going to get, I'm going to get you. You're going to come on up with me. Maybe, maybe God just said, I'm going to answer your prayer. Maybe Enoch prayed, God, just go ahead and take me. And those kind of things, because he's getting tired of living. I've, I've met folks that was older and that just got tired of living, right? Just got, they wore out, their body wore out. 365 years, that's a long time. But here's the point. As you draw close to God, he'll not, he'll not likely take you to heaven as he did Enoch, but he does desire to reveal the beauty of his face to you. He does desire to reveal the joy that he wants to give you. He does desire that he can walk with you daily. But see, we've, we can't let our guard down either. We've got to remember, we've got to be in the dwelling place of God. Because if we, if we get out of the dwelling place or underneath the shelter, if you want to look at it that way, or out of the cleft of the rock, the hiding place, that's when the enemy comes in and he tries to rob us. That's when he puts those thoughts in our head. That's when he, that's when he tempts us. That's when he allows those, those outside thoughts and forces to come in and rob us of our relationship with God. So when we walk with God, we enter the dimension where God unfolds the secrets of his kingdom. Don't miss this right here. These, these secrets of the kingdom here are paths to where the ancients of old have trod before. Abraham and Isaac, Jacob, those guys. Through Christ, you can explore glorious riches. Glorious riches of knowing God like they did. Have you ever saw anybody that, was, that you felt like was a great Christian and you made this statement, I want to be like them? I have. Why did you make that statement? Because you saw something in them that you didn't have. They had something that you wanted, you longed for. They, you knew that they had been with God. T.L. Lowry, he was a guy like that. He passed on and went on to be, went on to be with the Lord. And Dad's probably got many, many stories of, of Brother Lowry when he was younger. But I even remember this, this guy as growing up as a kid. I, I, look, I used to go to camp meetings and we'd look at this guy and you would, and you would just be in awe just standing around him. I mean, he had that characteristic about him anyway. White hair, just blonde, I mean, not blonde, but a white, uh, what would you call that, silver? Not silver. He's just white, I guess, white hair. But he had that deep voice, and, and he had this charisma about him that he walked in, and like he was God. I mean, every, he was God. I mean, every, if he was at camp meeting, this guy was the guy. Now, we knew he wasn't God, but as, as kids, we thought he was. But he had that characteristic about him. Well, I knew that this guy had reached a place in his walk with God in many, many revivals and 
many, many healings, and the dead come back to life with, with him laying, those kind of things. Blinded eyes was open. Crippled, leaving the wheelchair, those kind of guys. You knew something was special that that guy had been to a place with God that I hadn't got to yet. They had got there, and it is possible to do that. God wants to walk with us. He wants to walk with us. But listen to me. Before God can work through you, he wants to walk with you. Before he can work through you, he wants to develop a relationship with you. Amen. And so we wait to act until he finds the right man. He waits to, so he can find the right woman through whom he can work through. To put it blunt, God, God works with his friends. He works with his friends. And when God has a friend, I want to tell you, divine activity begins to take place. Divine activity begins to accelerate. When God has a vessel or a useful vessel that has been prepared for, for noble purposes, he'll use that vessel of God. Now you think about it. If somebody come to your house and they brought a brand new 60-inch bad boy riding lawnmower and said, you just use it how, just like it's yours, you're going to take it out and use it, right? I would. You're going to take it out and use it. He gives that to you. Well, think about this. God will use the one who walks with him. But he's looking especially for three, uh, three important qualities. He's looking for somebody, a man or woman, that is humble before him. God can't use somebody that's full of pride. He's looking for somebody that is humble before him. He's looking for somebody that is faithful. Faithful. You know, that's a word we talk about all the time in church. But let me ask you a question. How many times, Lord, put this on my spirit, and I know that this could be a, probably a yes and no question, but how many times have you heard a pastor or a, or a preacher preach just on faithfulness? I know we use it every, every, really every time we preach in reality, but I mean really hone in on what it really means to be faithful. God's looking for somebody to be faithful. But not only that, he's looking for somebody to be loyal to him. Loyal to him. Loyalty is a huge thing. It's a huge thing. If you can't trust somebody, you ain't going to tell them nothing, are you? Uh-uh. If I can't trust you and you can't trust me, there'll be a lot of things we won't get along with because we don't trust one another. But if I trust you, then I'm more easy to be vulnerable in front of you. It's more easy for me to be open in front of you. It's more easy for me to, for be, for me to be my real self, in other words, in front of you because I know you're not going to take it and be disloyal with it. Hello. So God is looking for humility. He's looking for faithfulness. He's looking for loyalty. He wants, to, he wants to work with friends who are loyal to him no matter what. Even, even when the circumstances would suggest that, that God is unjust, even when his true friends continue to walk with him, even though they're going through all kind of stuff, they're still holding on to the Lord. Job said, God, you, if you want to slay me, then slay me, but I'm not going to, tr I'm, I'm not going to fail you. I'm still going to trust in you. That's what he said. So the Lord's going to test our, our, our truthfulness and our faithfulness and our loyalty. And when we prove ourselves to him, through, and, 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 and sad to say, sometimes, Brother Larry, those tests come through a lot of calamities that we have to go through. Sometimes those, those trials in life, they come to test us and all those things, and, and then we qualify as useful vessels. Jesus was the best example of a man when you think about it, that walked with God. He walked so closely with God that, that he was always in the Spirit. No, yeah, Pastor, that, that's a gimme because he was God. I get it, but he was man too. 
He left the throne. He came and he lived among us. He was man. He's, he suffered all the stuff that you and I suffer through today, right? But he walked with God. He was always in the spirit. Even, even when shaking himself awake from, from a sleep of a morning, he, he was still man, but he was still God. You know how you are sometimes, somebody, sometimes you may be here tonight and you, you don't want nobody to bother you first, first thing in the morning. You've got you to have that first cup of coffee. <laughs> you got to go get up and do your thing, you know, you, to get woke up and all those kind of things, right? There's mornings I get up out of the bed, and, and I'm, I'm usually an early riser, but when I get up, it's like, you know, your legs is hurting, your feet's hurting, and you wonder why they wasn't hurting when you went to bed, but why are they hurting now? And you're, you're, trying to, you're trying to get the strength to, to you know, to, 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 to walk. And, and that's where we are sometimes when we first wake up. But when, but when you awake Jesus sometimes, out of a, even out of a deep sleep, Jesus, if you wake him up out of a deep sleep, man, he'll calm the storm. He got power if you wake him up out of a deep sleep. He don't have to, he don't have to you know, do his eyes like this, rub his eyes and get to sleep. I mean, he's already, he's already lives in the power. Amen. What an amazing thing to be awakened out of a dead sleep and be instantly in the spirit. We've got to have caffeine to get in the spirit. We, uh, I won't go there. The secret place is where we develop a walking relationship with God. Now, this is a cool statement right here if you want to write this down. You and I, we must develop a secret history with God before he gives us a public history with people. I wish I was smart enough to think about that, but I didn't. Somebody else thought about that, but I thought it was cool. We've got to develop a secret history with God before he gives us a public history before people. I want to do what this one's doing, and I want to do what that one's doing. Well, have you spent time with God? Well, no. Then why would God want to give you a public ministry before people? Hidden, hidden in the secret place. We learn, we learn what he's looking for in friends. We find out what pleases him. Our inner chamber, spiritual inner chamber, so to speak, becomes our training ground for a life that is rooted and grounded in a love in our relationship with God. We want to do great things. There's nothing wrong with aspirations that way. There's nothing wrong with goals of wanting to do this and wanting to do that, doing great things with God. But are we spending the time with God that is required some of you guys that, that works in factory and you have a pretty tedious job, you know what I'm talking about. When you, get a, when you hire a guy in, you want him or her to have a certain level of training, right? But even if they don't have that certain level of training, you want to take the time necessary to train them so they won't hurt themselves and they won't hurt everybody else that they're working with, right? They've got to be trained. God, he looks at us the same way. Can God trust us? Can God count on us? Can God effectively use us when we don't want to put our time in? The answer is no. But when we want to put our time in with God and we want to be effectively used by God and we spend time at the Master's feet. Hello. We spend time at the Master's feet. We spend time listening to His voice. We spend time running back to the prophet and, and, and when, 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 when our name is called. Those kind of, when we, we spend time doing those things, then God will use us and he'll grow us. Jesus told, told us that, he's, that he confides his kingdom, his, his kingdom purposes to his friends in John 15 and 15. I'm going to tell you things about the kingdom, but I, I won't tell them to my friends. 
My prayer, and I hope that's our prayer tonight, Lord, we want to be your friend. We want to be loyal to you, God. We want to be loyal to, loyal to death. I want to walk with you. I want to talk with you. I want to listen to you. I want, God, you to hear our heart and, and, and we hear yours and uh, participate in the activities in this, in this hour that you've given us. Lord, teach us to walk with you. The Bible says Enoch learned to walk with God. He walked with God 300 years. He had sons. And he had daughters. He'd done his normal thing, but he found time somewhere to find a relationship with God. I'm just crazy enough to believe that us in here tonight, our heart and our desires really wanting to please God and work for Him and do those great exploits for Him and have a relationship that's above none, that we are, we're going to be diligent enough to build our relationship with Christ, spend the time with Him, get, on that, get in that secret place with God. Doesn't the Scripture say, you know, that, that uh, you know, when we come to Him privately, He'll reward us openly? He'll reward us. He'll, he'll bless us with those things. But we've got to be willing to do our part as well. God can only do so much if we're not willing to do anything. Only do so much. So our job is to, is to spend that quality time with the master. Spend that quality time so he in turn can take us, walk with us, and teach us those, those truths. Speak to us where, 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 where we won't listen to all the outside forces or voices We'll listen only to the voice of Almighty God. And when he speaks, by that we'll know him. We'll know his voice. We'll know his voice. Why? Because we've heard it before. We'll he we've heard it before. And we'll turn around and we'll do exactly what he's called us to do. Amen? Let's go for a walk. But you can come walk with Karen anytime. Uh, I don't know if I walk every time with you. But anyway, but, but more importantly, walking with Karen, let's walk with God. Let's walk with God. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Father, we thank you tonight for your many blessings. We thank you for everything that you mean to us tonight, Jesus. We, we bless you, God, because we, we, we want that opportunity to come and walk with you. And I pray that you give us that opportunity. I pray, God, that you can help us in every area, every facet of our lives. Help us, O oh God, to be motivated enough to take the time that we need to walk with you. Sometimes it will require extra things out of us. Sometimes, God, you will require us to, to say things and do things that maybe it's not a custom of those normal daily routines, but God, help us. Help us to be obedient to you. Let us go for a walk with you. You want to. You even started it in the, in the book of Genesis. You, you started even with man, man that you created. You, you came down and you walked in the cool of the day with him. You love that time. And Lord, I believe with all my heart you're trying to get us back to that place. Sin alienates us right now and it separates us. But there is coming a time where we'll not be separated any longer. There is coming a time where we'll not be alienated anymore. You're calling your people home. And Father, I pray that you help us as your people tonight, men and women, boys and girls. Give us that desire to walk with you. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.